Before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. You know, when you're waiting for the storm and when you're waiting for the threat to come and when you're waiting for things to get bad or even when you're waiting for things to go from bad to worse, it can be exhausting, the waiting period. And this week's Haftorah speaks about the waiting period and how to wait when you're faced with a threat. And not just the threat of a hurricane and not just the threat of extreme weather, but the storms of life and the threats that other people and groups pose to us. And it reminds us that there is life after the storm. After the threats, there is life. And with that in mind, I want you to turn to the Haftorah portion, Isaiah 51, which weaves together a fascinating uh, a fascinating description of how people act during times of threat and danger and the risks that they face, not from the threat, but from their own responses and how to be strong in your response. So this is part of the comfort series that uh, the Haftorah portions are speaking about in the weeks prior to Rosh Hashanah. And in this one, Isaiah 51, verse 12, the Lord makes a declaration, I, yes, I am the one who comforts you. See if you can say that with me. I, yes, I, I, yes, I am the one, am the one who, comforts you. who comforts you. The Lord is saying this, I'm the one who comforts you. Who is the one who comforts you? It's me, says the Lord. I will comfort you. I have comforted you. I am comforting you even now. And then there is a question that's asked. And I don't know that it's a rhetorical question. I think it's a provocative, thought-provoking question. Why are you afraid of a man who must die? Why are you afraid of a human being who will wither like grass? You have forgotten the Lord your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. Instead, you're in constant fear all day because of the oppressor's rage as he prepares to destroy. And you can think of this in the personal. Why are you afraid of what people can do to you? You can think of it in terms of the meteorological. Why are you afraid of what the weather can do to you? But if you make it just personal to yourself and say, why am I afraid? And the answer is obvious. Why I'm afraid is because there is a threat to my well-being and my future. <clears throat> but the Lord says, if that's all you're thinking about, you'll be in fear all day long. 
And he says, did you forget something? You forgot me. You forgot that I'm with you. You forgot that I will comfort you. you you're facing the threat as if it's the end of something, but it's not because I am everything for you. <coughs> Excuse me. My throat's a little dry. Where is the oppressor's rage? In verse 14, I love this. The captive will soon be set free. He will not die or go down to Sheol. On the contrary, his food supply will be secure or will become secure or will be restored and be secure. That's good news for instance, the people in the Bahamas, whose food supply has been destroyed, but the Lord who's watching over the nations of the world and the people of the world says, I'm going to help. Verse 15, for I am Adonai your God who stirs up the sea, who makes its waves roar. Adonai Tzavaot is my name. I remember as a kid, trying to understand what Adonai Tzavaot actually meant. And the traditional English translation is the Lord of hosts. And that made no sense to me as a kid. Because when I thought of a host, I thought host, hostess, you know. <coughs> One, he's the Lord of hospitality? That, I don't get it. But a better translation into English would be battalions. I am the Lord over battalions. I have battalions at my command. And then verse 16. This is where it shifts. And it begins to speak prophetically a word that's meant to edify, to build up, a word that's meant to fortify, to make stronger a word that's meant to open our thinking, our hearts, our emotions, so that we would be different in the face of threats, during threats, and after threats. I've put my words in your mouth. That sounds so abrupt. What's that got to do with anything? Well, I, let me try to explain it. What the Lord is saying is, there will be times when your mind tells you one thing, or your heart tells you one thing, but then the word of the Lord comes to you, and it's like, right there. And you know what the Lord has to say about it, because you could even say it, but it's disagreeing with the evidence that you have according to your intellect and according to your emotions. Have you ever been in an experience where, where you're seeing a threat, you're seeing a difficulty that you know could go bad, it could really get much worse, and your heart is telling you, get ready for the worst. Or your mind is focusing on this. Sandy and I had a situation recently where someone was supposed to tell us how an issue was gonna be resolved. And they asked for like two weeks. They said, in two weeks I'll tell you. And we knew that if, 
it was handled one way, it would be harmful to us, to our congregation, to the Messianic movement. If it was handled another way, it would be okay. But the two weeks came, and the two weeks passed, and we heard nothing. And so we were contemplating, what does that mean? And usually, you know what it means. When you hear nothing, what does your mind tell you? Uh-oh, bad news, right? What does your heart tell you? Well, if they had good news, you know they'd tell me. Right? Am I right? This is how the mind and the heart work. So pause right there because I was processing all of that and Sandy was processing it. And I knew as we hit the third week mark that I had to do something. But in the meantime, the storm is supposed to come. And how many of you got ready for the storm? You know, if you're a good Floridian, you do get ready. And you know what it takes. And then you wait after you've done everything, you wait. And then you eat your hurricane snacks. <laughs> and I followed social media and I know what happened. Because of the storm like hovering over the Bahamas and not moving forward, you know, just being stationary, it didn't come when we thought it was coming. And so Publix was open. And the other grocery stores were open. And after people ate up their hurricane snacks, they just went shopping again. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a phenomenon we have in, in Florida, stress eating for hurricanes. And some of us stress text. When those are, I do that, it's like, I gotta write one more person, see how they're doing. Are you okay? Yeah, we're okay, nothing's happening. Um, but while we were preparing, and we didn't know, though we were praying, we didn't know the outcome, because you don't know how something will be resolved until it is resolved. And you can hope for the best, you can pray for the best, but really until you get through it, you don't know exactly how it will be resolved. Well, we got through that period and the storm did not come so close to our coastline that it did uh, major damage to our whole region. The people right on the coast you know, had storm surge problems and some wind problems. Some, some trees came down. All of our big trees have already come down in prior storms, so we were sort of relaxed about that. But let me just check, how many of you were spared major damage at your home? So, so most of us, almost all of us, it could be that all of us were spared major damage. And then the storm moved on. And I, I know there was a temptation, so what was that about? Why did we have to prepare and wait for that? But I can tell you this, I'm glad we prepared, and I'm glad we were ready for the worst, and I'm glad that the worst didn't happen. And so it's good to pray. And whenever you're rescued from a real threat, it's good to stop and give thanks to the Lord. 
and to say, Lord, thank you for this, rather than to ask these grand metaphysical questions like, why? <laughs> yeah, that generally won't do you much good. But if you say, thank you, Lord, thank you for protecting us, thank you for your care for us, then in giving thanks and gratitude and exercising that and expressing it and telling other people, you're also telling people you're doing okay, and you're also opening up your heart so that compassion can fill your heart up for the people who had real difficulties and who had major losses. And with that compassion, instead of you trying to ask why, you can be an instrument of God who expresses compassion, giving financial support and help to those who have suffered. I encourage you to do that. So there is a traditional prayer called Birkat Hagomel. Say that with me. Birkat Hagomel. It's Thanksgiving for having been rescued. And at the end of uh, the service this morning, we will say that together. And so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, oh, wow, we've been, we've, we've been rescued from the storm. We've really been rescued. And then I got a text from Sandra Hawkins, and what was stirring on her heart was Birkat HaGomel. And I thought, oh, you know, in the mouth of two or three, two is enough, let it be established. So I thought, okay, so we will make this like a center point of what we do on Shabbat. We will give thanks for having rescued us. Not just from storms, but we have people here who are alive because God rescued you, and we're giving thanks. Okay, now reconnect with, at the same time, we're waiting and getting no information about this other situation. And our minds are saying, and our hearts are saying, you know why they're not telling us? You know. I mean, you know. <laughs> so on Friday morning, I knew I had to reach out and get an answer. But before I could, the Lord said to me, Birkat HaGomel. And I, my first thought was, I doubt it. <laughs> Not a good thought, right? But I expressed it. You know, like, I don't know how I said it. I thought it more than anything or felt it. But it could have just as well been like, you got to be kidding. Because everybody knows when they don't call you what it means. And the Lord was just saying, Birkat HaGomel. And I understood something. He put the word in my mouth. You see, he told me what he was going to do. And then I understood this, that if he rescued us by a good resolution, that was good. But even if others took action that wasn't good, he would rescue us. And so in any case, he would rescue us. Birkat HaGomel. Give thanks to the Lord because he will rescue you. And he has rescued you. So the Lord was saying, you're tying everything into your emotions and your thoughts about how this is going to turn out. 
and you can see disaster, but what about me? I am the Lord who comforts you. Did you forget? I, I didn't forget. No, I agreed. I was experiencing what this prophetic statement is expressing. I have put my words in your mouth. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to rescue you. I will not allow spiritual harm to come to you. He will allow pain, but not spiritual harm. Do you see? I hope you know the difference. He will allow difficulty. I hope you can distinguish between difficulty and spiritual harm. Spiritual harm ruins your relationship with God. And the Lord was saying, I'm not going to let anything like that happen. People may be a threat to you. Why are you afraid of people? They're going to die. <laughs> I don't have that much time, Lord, <laughs> to wait. <laughs> I need an answer this week. Well, Birkat HaGamel, I received that into my heart. I received those words and I said them to Sandy. I said, the Lord is going to rescue us one way or the other. And so I, I communicated with the person who hadn't communicated with me. Simple words, it's been three weeks now, I've heard nothing. Tell me the decision. And um, I did that by text. <laughs> with this person, that's normal. I mean, we also talk on the phone and we talk in person. But And then I, what I wanted was an immediate answer. And when we didn't get an immediate answer... Our minds said, well, you know what that means. And our hearts said, you know what that means. And then the answer came, and it was all resolved fine. Fine. Just fine. And the Lord was saying, Birkat HaGomel. Give thanks. Give thanks. I told you I'd rescue you one way or the other. I'll rescue you if people threaten you and try to do you harm. I'll rescue you if the weather tries. Because the worst that can happen to you is that you'll die. And you've already died. No, seriously. Colossians 3.3. 3, you have already died. And your life is now hidden with Messiah and God. You've already died if you're afraid of dying do you not understand you've already died? The whole idea behind uh, Tevilah being immersed in water is that we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Yeshua. We're immersed in water as if we go down into a grave and then we come up. And when we come up, it's a way of participating in resurrection life and saying to the Lord, uh, now, I, now the new me is alive. And then... You look at death differently. What's the worst that can happen? You'll die. Okay, you'll die. Well, everyone's going to die. And it's a sad thing, but it's not always a tragic thing. But it is sad, and we should always grieve. 
when there's death. But when we allow the fear to torment us, not the fear of death, but the fear of trouble, the fear of threats, the fear of the anxious fear that can get a hold of you, real fears, when we allow that to rule over us, then we separate ourselves from the comfort that God has in mind to give us. And he's saying, I'm comforting you. I don't know if you've ever had an experience where someone tries in vain to comfort you, and they say, it'll be fine. Or, in time, everything will be okay. And you're thinking, shut up. I, I'm just telling the truth. Because sometimes when people just say, oh, it's going to be fine, it's not, that doesn't really help. It's one thing for you to say it's going to be fine. It's another thing for them to say. I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> I mean, imagine the counsel such a person would give to Yeshua when he went to the grave of Lazarus and he started crying. Yeshua's crying. He's weeping at the grave, and some well-intended person comes up and says, oh, Yeshua, it'll be fine. <laughs> you shouldn't cry. It'll be fine. Yeshua says, <laughs> and we know no one did that. He wept. He grieved, not in despair, but because he experienced the fullness of compassionate sorrow. And then he called Lazarus out of the grave. He entered into the grief and the sorrow. He didn't suppress it, but he didn't allow it to become despair. And instead, he experienced the victory of resurrection life. It's very important. He demonstrated for us what can be done, not that each of us can see the dead resurrected who we would want in, in front of our eyes at that very moment. But, but rather this, that we would know that even death has lost its sting. That even death can't rob God of what God plans to do. You've died. Your life is hidden with Messiah in God. Your life is hidden. It's protected. You are in a protected place. You're in a safe harbor with the Lord. And so at this time, we should be giving thanks to the Lord for his protection and giving thanks to God because we survived a trial and we had threats to our lives and to our well-being and, and we're okay. And we could give thanks to the Lord because he showed us mercy and compassion and unmerited grace. I want to underline that, unmerited grace. It's not because we're so good, it's because he's so good. It's not because we deserved it, it's because he gave us what we didn't deserve. Good things we didn't deserve. And it's useful for us to give thanks in public so that other people know we're okay. And this opens our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes. And with that in mind, I want to 
conclude with this passage in Isaiah 52. Starting in verse 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Proclaiming shalom, bringing good news of good things, announcing Yeshua, announcing salvation, and saying to Zion, your God is king. Your God is king. Listen, your watchmen are raising their voices, shouting for joy together, for they will see before their own eyes the Lord returning to Zion. I want you to pay attention to this. Listen and see. Listen. There are shouts of joy. Those who have been on guard duty, who have been watching and who were ready to sound the alarm that the threat was coming close and we had to prepare for, uh, for combat and battle immediately. Instead, they're shouting for joy and rejoicing because the threat has disappeared. Listen. You see, what happens when you're listening, your spiritual ears start working. You hear things from the Lord that may be different than what evidence uh, your intellect and your emotions are processing, but you hear from the Lord his take on the matter. And then they will see before their own eyes. They will see. You see, spiritual eyes start working, and we can see what would otherwise be invisible. So this is what happens when you start giving thanks to the Lord. When you recognize we, we were faced with the threat, and we survived the threat, whatever that may have been. It could have been the threat to your life, a heart condition, and you're alive. Hallelujah. You give thanks to the Lord. It could have been a threat to your well-being, to your relationships, to your family. Um, it could be a threat of many different kinds, even to physical life. But when you see that you were spared, you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, you spared us. And your spiritual ears, your spiritual eyes begin to work, and you see from a different perspective. So with that in mind, I want to ask you to stand, and we're going to close with Birkat Hagomel. It's a short prayer, I'll call it out in Hebrew and I ask you to repeat after me and then we'll do the same in English. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, hagomel l'chayavim, tovot, shegmalani, koltov. Blessed are you, Lord our, God, Lord our God, King of the universe, of the universe who, bestows who bestows good things on sinners, on sinners and, has and has bestowed on me every goodness. Every goodness. End of prayer. It's, so we can say amen. because it's time to end. I was just checking. It's like, do you have more? No. No, it's time. Yeah, because we're stopping at 12.30 to get the kids. Hoorah. So I want you to do one more thing. I want you to congratulate everybody around you for being alive. You are still alive. Congratulations.
If you're in the midst of a threat right now, understand this. The Lord will rescue you. And in the end, he will not allow spiritual harm to have victory over you. Your life is already dead. You've already experienced resurrection life. And your life is hidden with Messiah in God. Let's close with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ye'er Adonai p'navelecha v'yichunecha. Yisa Adonai p'navelecha v'yasem lecha shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Join us for coffee and fellowship next door in the Shalom Center.